0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: AstroLine. 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 Carboc Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 AstroLine. 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 The official off season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag AstroLine. That ball
2: is gone! 2019. 2019- the American League champion. Live
1: from Pluckers Wing Bar on Shepard. Sports Talk 790 Astro Line starts
2: now. now. The Astros official offseason hot stove show. Great audience here tonight. Bill Brown and Todd Callis with you, and we have a long list of guests. We're going to talk some baseball tonight. TK, does that sound good to you? Yeah, a little American League West roundtable. I like it. You bet. We're live from Pluckers Wing Bar, 1400 Shepard. In Houston, we invite your questions along the way on social media, and we move ahead to next week. TK, you're going to be involved with the Astros caravan. It starts on Monday. What are you doing Monday?
3: I will be bouncing around the Houston area uh, throughout the day with a couple of players. I'll let Diaz will be part of that, and – we're going we're gonna to have some fun. I think Cy Sneed's going to be joining us for a few appearances, and we're also going to do some uh, appearances on Thursday as well. So we've got some stuff going on throughout the week. I know Blummer's involved, Sparky's involved, Robert Ford's involved. You'll probably be involved. we got to... All week long, we've got different stops throughout the Houston area, and then also Round Rock will be part of the equation, Corpus Christi, and then it all culminates with FanFest over the weekend at Minute Maid Park.
2: Well, we look forward to that. It's a week from Saturday. It's January 18th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Activities for all ages, including autograph sessions with many current and former players. You can play catch in the outfield, take some swings in the Astros batting cages, run the bases, throw in the bullpen, photo booths of all kinds fan forums with the front office staff and current players and that sounds like a great time tk you've been here for a few years now you've
3: gotten a feel for
2: this event it really gets everybody
3: thinking baseball yeah fan fest is kind of the ramp up where everybody gets really excited about the season not being far away it'll be about this time next month when players start to trickle in in west palm beach with pitchers and catchers reporting officially shortly after that so yeah It's on now. Once you get to the new year, it it feels like it goes very fast. Those months in between the World Series and uh, the first of the new year, it usually drags a little bit, but now it's all going to go really fast from here on forward. So for FanFest, that is Saturday the 18th. Make sure
2: you get your voucher at astros.com backslash FanFest. Well, let's do our preview of the American League West and our leadoff man is Rick Riz, the Seattle Mariners' primary voice on radio. In his 35th season, Rick, is that possible?
4: I know. It's hard to believe, uh, Bill and Todd, but it's been a long time. And I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun. So uh, when you're having a good time, it goes by really fast. As Todd was talking about, you know, the offseason. They just roll one into another. So, <laughs> yeah, it's been a great ride.
2: Well, now a lot of the writers and, and people on TV and radio are indicating that they <laughs> think it'll be – a much more competitive American League West. How do you see it?
4: Oh, I, I think so too. I think uh, you're still the class of uh, the American League West, uh, even though uh, Garrett Cole, you know, left uh, during the off season and a few other guys. But you still have so much talent there, still in your rotation and in that offense. But um, the Mariners are getting better, and I know that's what you want to talk about. Uh, uh, the, a lot of the young players are on their way. We had 23 uh, all-stars in the minor leagues last year. We saw a lot of young players get up to the big league last year. So uh, hopefully it will be more competitive this year. I know the Mariners will be more competitive, but they're trying to do, uh, Browning and, and Todd, what you guys did a number of years ago when when you guys were down and, and having rough seasons, you guys drafted very well, you know, and getting Springer and Correa and Bregman and then signing El and You got that core together. That's what the Mariners are looking to do. They've got a lot of young players that are really, really talented. So I'm really excited about this
3: season. Yeah, Rick, that was uh, quite a start from the Mariners last year, getting out to that 13-2 and start. Part of it was over in Japan. And then uh, you ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw with the Astros up in Seattle. And, and that kind of was the theme yeah. for the year. The Astros really had the Mariners' number all year long. Um, but it was a team that was early on a, a big surprise. And I, I think you know, with some of that young talent getting a chance to play on a regular basis, it's setting up whether, you know, if Mitch Haniger was healthy through the year, that certainly would have helped you, but with a a young guy like a Justin Dunn possibly being in the rotation and the the signing of an Evan White, plus a lot of the athletes you have, this could be a fun year for the Mariners.
4: Yeah, Todd, I think it's going to be. You know, we really missed, uh, they really missed uh, Mitch Haniger. Had the uh, injury early in the season, was out for the rest of the year, and never was really able to come back here's a kid who was an all-star a couple of years ago in a big trade with the Diamondbacks uh, they got Hanniger and Segura in that deal for Taiwan Walker and Sal Marte Marte turned out to be you know now a gem for the Diamondbacks but uh, the Mariners still think very very highly of Mitch Haniger. he's one of the few veterans now that's going to be in this starting lineup and on the ball club along with Kyle Seager, to help these youngsters uh, come along so yeah they got off to a great start the first two weeks of the year Winning the first two games against Open in Japan, and everybody was all pumped up because that was the final two games for Ichiro in his major league career, so he was able to wind down his baseball career where it started in Japan, and uh, they played well, they hit like crazy, they scored runs, but then uh, the league kind of caught up to them, and a lot of changes during the course of the season, and uh, things didn't go the way. Win-loss-wise, but uh, Jerry DePoto knew that, so did Scott Service. And I think the fans have realized, you know, that's the plan. That's what the Cubs did. That's what you guys did. That's what a number of clubs have done. And and now we're really looking forward to this year to see the young players get here, become big leaguers, and really try to get us to the playoffs somewhere where we we haven't been in a long time, you know.
2: Rick, uh, Daniel Vogelbach certainly created a splash with 30 home runs last season. What do you see from him this year?
4: Well, I hope to see uh, a full year of what he did in the first half of the year, Uh, Bill. He was outstanding. If things made a mistake, you know, he hit it out of the ballpark. But in the second half of the season, I think he only hit about 162. So what he's got to learn as a young player, and he finally got an opportunity to play with us after the trade from the Chicago Cubs, is to make adjustments. Uh, the the uh, baseball is going to make an adjustment to you. The league is going to make adjustment to you, and you got to adjust back. And uh, we didn't see that in the second half of the season, but I'm looking for Daniel Vogelback to once you know pitchers have to throw him a strike. You know he can do uh, he can do a lot of damage and put the ball in play more than he did in the second half of the year. But I he's so talented and he knows the strike zone. And if he can do that, uh, I think he can put up some really big numbers.
3: Rick Riz joins us tonight on our little preview of the American League West. He's our first guest of four teams that we're going to preview throughout the course of tonight. And, uh, Rick, last year was – you mentioned Ichiro and going out in style in Japan. And then later in the year, the emotional night with Felix Hernandez. It was truly – you knew it was a rebuilding process, but it was truly a changing of the guard, if you will, to see those icons play their final games in a Mariners uniform. And and now uh, it, it almost seems like we're in a different chapter. Is that the sense you have in Seattle?
4: Absolutely, Todd. Uh, we had a chance to watch each blossom into not only a big leaguer, but a Hall of Famer when he came over from Japan in 2001, his first year in the big leagues. We didn't know what we had. Luke Canella didn't know... What... Know what type of ball player he was. Uh, we never saw him. We heard that he was. He could run. He could throw. Uh, we saw him at spring training a few years prior to actually signing with the ball club. coming over from Japan, and and all he did was run in 2000, 2001 and become the Rookie of the Year in the American League MVP, and collect 200 hits every year for 10 years in a row. Nobody has ever done that in Major League Baseball history. 10 seasons back to back. You know, like he did. So uh, then he went away, the trade to the Yankees. Then it was to the Marlins. Unfortunately, he came back in 2009 and 10, along with Ken Griffey Jr. And then uh, after he left, he never said. He says, "Rick, I'm not done." He never used the R word, retired. He said, "I'm I'm going to be back." And he worked out all last year. Was you know, he showed up in uniform and practiced, took BP and took fly balls. Then he had to take the uniform off and kind of watch the previous season. To come back and play just two games last year. That was his goal, and he did that in front of his fans in Japan uh, in March of last year against the Open A. So that was really something, especially to see 50,000 fans chanting his name and cheering for an hour, 45 minutes or so, or an hour. He came finally came out of the clubhouse and took a lap around the field. and you know, It's amazing. I've ever seen a whole country pour out uh, you know, an, an emotion like that for, for one player, but they did it for each other. And then to see Felix bow out at the end of the year, you know, injuries mounted up for the last three, four years. He just couldn't be anywhere near the picture that he was his first obviously ten years in the big leagues where I I think he's a Hall of Famer for what he did for his body of work. But all that being said, I never seen a relationship between a singular player and a fan base like the fans in Seattle had with Felix and Felix with the fans because we had Kings Court every night, and it was just packed. And, uh, you know, he loved the fans. They loved him back. And it was really sad to see him make that final start late in September of uh, this past season. But uh, I love what he did for this organization, what he meant to this organization and to the fans. He spent right now his entire career here, so we got to wait and see what happens this year.
2: Rick, it looks on paper as if your opening day starter will be lefty Marco Gonzalez who had a solid year for you last year with 16 wins. He made 34 starts. Is it possible for him to improve upon what he did last year?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's that good. Brownie, you know, 16 wins, uh, 208 innings, made 34 starts, uh, about 150 strikeouts during the course of the year. And the kid just knows how to pitch and – he has that, uh, you know, that bulldog mentality. He was a bulldog. He went to Gonzaga University. Uh, we just got back. Uh, I just got back from a caravan over the last four days. We stopped in Spokane. Last night we were at a, uh, a little baseball facility where a lot of Gonzaga fans were. So kind of went back home for a little while. But, uh, you know, yes, I think he can improve. Uh, he finally he figured out, uh, you know, how to get through that lineup for the third time. Uh, you don't see starters getting to that 200-inning plateau as much anymore as we all did, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago, where starters would go seven, eight, possibly nine innings. But um, he's that kind of guy. You know, he's going to anchor that starting rotation. I think he can improve on those 16 wins, or a couple wins that he, a couple games where he left early with uh, a lead and didn't get the decision. But uh, I just love this guy. His talent. His um, bulldog attitude and his desire to be really, really good. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be the the ace of this staff, no doubt about it.
3: Final question, Rick. A lot of athletes on your infield. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Malik Smith, Shed Long. Uh, the guy, Malik's more of an outfielder. But Dee Gordon, uh, J.P. Crawford. What about at first base? You signed a kid to a deal, a long-term deal, who has not played a game above AA. For Astros fans, they may need to get used to the name Evan White. What's he about?
4: i tell you what, uh, the kid is coming up through the organization. They thought so highly of him, Todd, that they gave him a six-year major league contract for $24 million. So the ball club is investing in this kid uh, to be uh, a major leaguer real soon. I mean, basically it's going to be his job to lose at first base, I think, when you give a guy a $24 million contract for six years and hasn't played above double A. But that's what they feel about this kid. And, and what they know about him as, a, as the person, too, his work ethic and his ability to go out there and, and strive to be better. So they really think that he's the guy. Otherwise, they wouldn't give him that contract. So it looks like if things go well for him, if he hits, he, defensively he's ready to play in the big leagues, no doubt about it. But uh, if he hits, and we think he can, otherwise they wouldn't give him that uh, contract, he's going to be the first baseman for a long time. Now, Daniel Vogelback will probably be the D.H., and then you had Austin Nola, who can help out over at first base, but he'll share the catching duties along with Tom Murphy. Murphy and Nola really did a nice job for this organization last year behind Omar Nervais, who was uh, traded away to Milwaukee. And then you have the couple of veterans along that line, F. Seager at third, Hannegar in right field, but it's basically still going to be a really young ball club. J.P. Crawford came on, Todd and Bill at shortstop did a really nice job. Shed Long, they want play a lot at second base, but they have Dee Gordon. And then at first base, we talked about with Evan White. Uh, Kyle Lewis came up at the end of the year and really opened up a lot of eyes. Home runs in his first three games, first six of his first ten games he had home runs. Played really good defense, so he's going to be in left field right now. Malik Smith still trying to figure things out, but he has tremendous speed and led the league in stolen bases last year. Will right now be in center field, and Mitch Hanager in right. So that's basically the the starting lineup with a lot of kids. We had 23 young players become all-stars last year in the minor league, so they're coming, and uh, we're going to see a lot of them this season. I think it's going to be a fun year.
2: Thanks so much, Rick. That's a great preview of the Seattle Mariners. We really appreciate your time tonight. Look forward to seeing you soon.
4: You too, Bill. You too, Todd, and uh, we'll see you uh, when the season gets underway. Thanks a lot for uh, having me on the show.
2: Thank you, Rick Riz of the Seattle Mariners. Coming up, we'll be joined by Eric Nadell, longtime radio broadcaster for the Texas Rangers. You're listening to AstroLine Live from Pluckers Wing Bar at 1400 Shepherd, downtown Houston. Presented by Carbach Brewing. Crafted
1: for serious fun. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing crafted for serious fun
0: the sun is shining the palms are swaying and Astros spring training is back in west palm beach this spring come experience baseball and the palm beach is all in one place visit astros.com spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket suite or party deck deposits today that's 561-500-4487
5: the Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA, is the official kids' club of the Houston Astros and the coolest way to show off your Astros pride in school or on the playground. Hey, hey,
2: bada, 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 so we,
5: For only $30, get Astros Buddies items, including a backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard, as well as tickets to select home games at Minute Maid Park. <laughs> to learn more or to become a member, go to astros.com buddies.
2: Now more Astro Line. Glad you could join us tonight. Bill Brown and Todd Callis with you from Pluckers. 44 days to the first spring training game, TK. Make plans now to see your Houston Astros in action. The 2020 spring training schedule gets underway February 22nd at the 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. Eric Nadel, the 2014 recipient of the Ford C. Frick Award, is in his 42nd year doing Rangers baseball. He's an eight-time Texas Sportscaster of the Year winner. Eric, good to hear from you. Tell us about Globe Life Field. How's it coming along?
6: Well, they told us today that it's 90% complete,
2: Brownie. And by
6: the way, aren't you retired?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
6: sort of, yes. <laughs> Have you ever figured out how many ballparks you've worked in?
2: No. I,
6: or been in?
2: I lost, I lost count. I think it was in the mid mid-40s. How about you, Eric?
6: Yeah, I think I'm at 51. Wow. You know, I've paid attention to this because I'm about to add another ballpark to it. Oh, yes. And uh, this will be one of the rare cities where we've had three. You know, I started in Arlington Stadium in 1979, uh, moved to the ballpark in Arlington, which you know, obviously changed names a few times, but that was 1994, and now on to Globe Life field, which will have the retractable roof like Minute Maid, so we don't worry anymore about rain delays, and we don't worry about sweating through those broadcasts (laughs) in June, (laughs) July, and August. And also about the wind that would just wreak havoc with all of our papers and uh, carefully prepared notes.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Eric, not only do you have to not worry about those things, but it allows you, with a little bit of climate control, to start your Saturday night games a little earlier. Six o'clock starts this year for most of your Saturday night games. That's a little different, huh?
6: Yeah, it's great. You know, so many teams have gone to that now, and that also allows – rangers to start the sunday games a little earlier i was hoping for one o'clock but at least they've moved to 130 we were the last holdout that started those games at two o'clock so that'll be a nice change too to get those things started a half hour earlier so it's going to be it's going to be different in a lot of ways I i think that the feel of this ballpark is going to be really unique i've been in it twice and the pitch of the ballpark the actual incline is steeper than any ballpark that I've ever been in. And I've been in all the existing uh, Major League parks. Uh, It's in some ways reminiscent in terms of the steepness of an arena rather than a ballpark. So I think it's going to be kind of cozy, and it's going to be intense, I guess that's the word, (laughs) especially when the roof is closed, but even when it isn't, because I think the fans maybe a little higher, but they're going to be closer to the field. They're going to seem more like they're on top of the players.
2: And the players include people like Corey Kluber, Kyle Gibson, Jordan Lyles. Have you announced a Robinson Chirino signing yet, Eric?
6: I think that got announced today. Um, and, you know, that's a whole <laughs> – that in itself is an amazing saga, how the Rangers, you know, let him go to the Astros and and then, you know, basically admitted they made a mistake. <laughs> They, you know, they should have stuck with him. And uh, I like it when people admit they made a mistake. <laughs> so, Robbie's coming back.
3: Yeah, Robbie's back. It was this time last year we were talking about Robbie joining the team, and, and here he is going back to the Rangers after one year. And, uh, couldn't be a nicer guy. And as much as we're going to miss him, uh, his family lives out there. So, good for Robbie, and, and we're going to see him a bunch of times in that new ballpark as well as at Minute Maid Park. Uh, you were talking about the pitch of the stadium. Uh, everybody always wants to get prepared because Astros fans have been representing well out in Arlington the last few years for their first time to see a uh, Globe Life Field. I'm going to assume, and the first time the Astros play there is April 10th through the 12th, which is a weekend series. I'm going to assume that first base side is still going to be the home side, third base side is still the visitor side. What are the big differences going from Globe Life Park to Globe Life Field?
6: Well, the dimensions are going to be very similar, but there isn't going to be a high wall uh,
3: in left field as there was at Globe
6: Life Park. Um, one thing that's interesting is the location of home plate is going to be different. Uh, because of the wind at both Arlington Stadium and at Globe Life Park, home plate was located in the northwest corner, whereas in most ballparks it's located in the southwest corner. And at Globe Life Field, it will be in the southwest. West corner, um, so that the left field line runs directly north, as it does in most parks. Uh, they didn't want to do that in the first two ballparks here because it basically would have meant that the strong south wind blew right out to left field. You know, when any high pop fly to left field would have probably gone for a home run. Well, the way this ballpark's being built, uh, and the fact that you know it'll be closed during most of the strong wind season. You know, they weren't afraid to put the home plate area in the southwest corner instead of the northwest corner. So as a result, you know, when, they're, when we are playing afternoon games and the roof is open, uh, the first base side is going to be the sunny side, whereas the third base side used to be the sunny side. You know, things like that that fans are going to have to get used to.
2: Eric, offensively, what would you consider to be the key to the team's success?
6: Well, they need to get some right-handed hitting. I think that's the that's the big key. The Rangers are a very heavily left-handed lineup. Um, getting Chirino's back will certainly help that. You know, he hits lefty as well. Uh, but they are still in the market for one or two right-handed hitters with power. Um, you know, there have been a lot of noises made around here that the Rangers are trying to get Nolan Arenado. That's certainly a huge long shot. If they don't, you know, my guess is they'll probably sign Todd Frazier, and he'll become the third baseman. The Rangers pretty much have a hole at third base right now. Um, as after Beltre left, they gave the job to West Trouble Cabrera. Uh, he left around the trading deadline, and uh, the guys who tried to fill in the rest of the season are not the guys the Rangers think are their basic third baseman of the future or even the present. So my guess is they'll probably sign Todd Frazier. And then there's a possibility they'll also sign a right-handed first baseman to go along with Ronald Guzman, who's a left-handed hitter, possibly Platoon over there. And the guy they have their eye on there is Nicholas Castellanos, who has never been a first baseman, but he's played third in the outfield and apparently has expressed a willingness to play first base. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Rangers, in the next few weeks, uh, were to sign both of those guys, Todd Frazier and Nicholas Castellanos. And I would be shocked if they did not sign at least
3: one, There you go. That could be something to look for for the Rangers for next year. Brownie mentioned the acquisitions to your rotation, and it's now a veteran rotation. Last year you had a lot of changes in your starting five and to varying degrees of success with guys coming off injuries. If you know better than anybody, you're, you, you're going to go through at least twice as many, if not three times as many, as the starting five to start the year. Which of the guys, which of the young guys might make an impact other than the minor, Lynn, Kluber, Gibson, Lyles, uh, that might start the year in your opening five. Which of the young guys might make an impact as the season progresses?
6: Yeah, the Rangers picked up a couple of um, lefties in trades last year. Colby um, Allard and Brock Burke, they they were actually in the starting rotation the last month's season. And I guess the Rangers basically decided that those guys need more season. They need more minor league time. Um, because they they would have been in the rotation had the Rangers not you know, brought on the three veteran starters. I think it's really interesting, too. You know, the Rangers are one of the teams that started using the opener um, fairly extensively over the course of the season. And now, with five veteran starting pitchers, they wouldn't be using it at all. But as you say, there are always injuries and changes to the rotation where You know, if you start bringing guys up from the minors, maybe you use an opener in front of them. But with the five guys the Rangers have now, you wouldn't expect them to ever use an opener. These are five guys who are legitimate starting pitchers.
2: Eric, and, of course, you're active in the community, as always. uh, Now you're working with Cafe Momentum, a Dallas-based program for at-risk youth, and one of those will be opening in Houston soon. Cafe Momentum has worked with more than 750 young men and women On an internship program, it sounds as if it's a wonderful opportunity to give kids a second chance, Eric.
6: Yeah, it's unbelievable, Brownie, what what these guys do. It's a non-profit restaurant. It's a very highly rated restaurant, and uh, they take these kids out of juvenile detention, give them a one-year internship program, and teach them every job there is to do in a restaurant. And at the end of that year, over 80% of them get jobs, whereas normally over 50% of them would be back in jail. You know, based on the standard recidivism rate of kids coming out of juvenile detention uh, it's a phenomenal facility uh, I put on a concert once a month for them uh, we book a, a touring artist and do kind of a, a house concert uh, but with better food and uh, I've been I've been really enjoying that it's it's just a tremendous project and it's nice to see the NFL has gotten behind it Uh, There is soon going to be a Cafe Momentum in Los Angeles. There will be one in Nashville soon. And as you say, we're hoping there will be one in Houston next year. And the people in Houston are going to love it. The food is incredible. The vibe in that place is really special because these kids appreciate the opportunity they're getting. And uh, everybody just has a fantastic time. Can't wait for you guys to go.
2: Absolutely, Eric. Thanks very much for letting us know about that and the Rangers in 2020, and we enjoyed the visit. Look forward to seeing you soon, Eric.
6: Can't wait to see you in April.
2: Thank you, sir. Coming up, we'll talk to Vince Catronio, radio broadcaster for the Oakland A's. We'll have more Hot Stove right after this on the Astros Radio Network.
1: Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hoppadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing crafted for serious fun
0: the sun is shining the palms are swaying and Astros spring training is back in west palm beach this spring come experience baseball and the palm Beaches all in one place visit astros.com spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket suite or party deck deposits today that's 561-500-4487
5: The Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA, is the official kids' club of the Houston Astros and the coolest way to show off your Astros pride in school or on the playground. For only $30, get Astros Buddies items, including a backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard, as well as tickets to select home games at Minute Maid Park. To learn more or to become a member, go to astros.com slash buddies.
2: Welcome back to AstroLine, presented by Carbock Brewing, crafted for serious fun, broadcasting live all winter long from Plucker's Wing Bar right here at 1400 Shepherd. Bill Brown and Todd Callis with you tonight, letting you know that this year's Diamond Dreams Gala presented by Chevron takes place January 17th at Minute Maid Park. You can get your tickets for the concert featuring Lionel Richie, for only $50, proceeds from the night's event benefit New Hope Housing and the Astros Foundation. Visit astros.com gala to get your tickets today. Oakland last year, Todd, and it was a very interesting situation with the Astros and the A's. Yeah. Oakland winning 97 games, had an excellent year, and had some losses. Blake Trinan, Brett Anderson, Tanner Roark three of the pitchers who have moved along since last year, so it's going to be interesting
3: to hear what he has to say. Yeah, 97 and 65, Brownie, is impressive back-to-back seasons. When you consider that there's only been one National League team in the last two years combined that has won more than 97 games, unfortunately, the A's are in the wrong league and the wrong division, (laughs) because the American League's had 300 win teams each of the last two seasons, and of those six teams that have won 100 games, the Astros have been Three of them the last three years and then the last two years uh, Oakland chasing the Astros winning 103 and 107 so 97 wins uh, very impressive back-to-back seasons Vince Catronio
2: 15th year with the Oakland A's (laughs) who would be better equipped to talk Todd Callis about the American League West than, (laughs) than Vince who did the Astros games he did the Rangers games and for a further connection his son Dominic is doing Corpus Christi games now
7: Vince how are you I'm a little late. Things never change. Bob Elliott started this thing, and <laughs> somehow I, I got left out in phone whatever, and I, and I got recovered. So, uh, certainly glad to talk with you guys. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's always interesting the way an A season comes together. It seems like it's a, a slow start, that's an avalanche of wins, and, and the way they've done it the past two years, the way they've grown, and, and feel like they are in a window of. Uh, really feeling like they can contend is is a lot of fun to be around.
3: You guys get the sense, Vince, that this is a year after watching the Astros win a hundred or more three straight seasons. This is a year that maybe the AL West could be won with ninety-seven.
7: Well, I don't know, Todd. I mean, the, the reality is that the Astros are still the team to beat, even though they've undergone changes and all the off the field stuff has yet to be resolved, and that may have a significant. And how the you know the beginning of the season plays out certainly, and maybe even beyond that. But uh, still, so an extremely talented team with what the Astros have to offer, and you get the colors coming back, and they always find a way to to arise to the occasion. But you know, with the A's, they come into this thing with uh, you know, arguably as good a defense as anybody in the American League. Certainly, on the infield, they won't back down to anybody. They've got questions, and they've got to figure out what they want to do at second base. They've got to figure out how they want to handle left field. And you've got talented but unproven starters in Jesus Lozardo and are going to be given the keys to the engine, along with Sean and Mike Fires and, you know, Frankie And They certainly are talented on paper. They have been accomplished every step of the way. But now that you get in a real pennant race and, you know, how will they manage those innings and just how will they handle the ups and downs of a 162-game season remains to be seen. But they are certainly confident that they're in it for the long haul.
2: Vince, we're reading some good things about the young catcher. Sean Murphy, tell us about him.
7: Well, you know, he's a third-round pick out of Wright State in Ohio. Uh, in fact, uh, buddies with Joe Smith on the uh, on the Astros who just re-signed with, with, with the Houston club. Uh, here's a kid that uh, a little bit of a late bloomer because of a hand injury in college. Knocked him out of the first round so the A's were able to get him in the third round. He's a big kid, but very mobile uh, when he first came to Big League two years ago, Bob Melvin wanted to take him right then. Set a tremendous target, very good receiver, very understanding of the position. And, you know, the, the concern was, you know, what kind of an offensive player could he be? And he has grown in that regard. He has gotten better and certainly had some impressive moments when he got called up in September. He has to stay healthy. He's had some knee injuries that have put him on the shelf for extended periods of time, and they expect him to be their primary. 110, 110 start catcher in 2020. So that's, that's another area. While it is exciting and he is a modified, you know, top five catching prospect in baseball, maybe even better than that, you're asking an awful lot of, of a young catcher to uh, to get that job done. But there's a lot to like about him. Big, strong kid. He was important and he caught the, he caught the play-in game. No, he was the guy that started, not Josh Feckley. So that speaks to what Bob Melbourne thought of him to, to give him that opportunity, and it's going to be his job certainly going forward.
3: He had a breakout game against the Astros at Minute Maid Park, a couple of home runs and four runs batted in in one of those September games. Vince, you've got... Uh, a designated hitter that finally didn't hit 247 uh, last year, Chris Davis, uh, dropped down to 220. But I think the more d- uh, disturbing number for A's fans is the lack of pop. Uh, slugging percentage down to 387 after being anywhere between 505 and 549 the previous four years. He's age 33 season coming up. Do you chalk everything up last year? to the injuries or is he somebody you're going to watch closely how he rebounds in the first month of the season
7: i think more of the latter i mean the the injuries played a part and chris uh, for those of us that are around him on a daily basis he's very quiet he's very reserved he doesn't talk a whole lot and certainly doesn't like to talk about himself and when he had that play ironically as a left fielder defensively pnc park in early may in pittsburgh you know Reaching into the stands, diving up against the wall to make a play, and crashing the uh, you know, right side of his body into that metal piping. It had a probably a longer effect on him than than what some people thought or were, were expected or you know whatever. And he's a streaky guy anyway, home run hitter in general. to are, 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 carry the club for the time, and they're going to be missing an action. So that aside from those numbers that you just mentioned about Chris. Is that he didn't drive the ball to the right field very much last year. That was one of you know, the strengths of, of his game the last four years. He you know, he was like in the Cabrera territory, guy that could really hit the ball the other way as a right hand batter with authority. And that was missing. He was pulling off the ball and pulling more pitches than what he what he normally had done, at least as an eighth. So he is somebody the A's are gonna be counting on the second half of this season's bad you know, fifth, sixth, that even set the times, and that that is something I don't think the A's can can use effectively. This is a guy that they you know that they depend on. He's he's a locomotive, even though they have got breakout years. Marcus Simeon, from Matt Chapman and Matt Olson and even Ramon Laurie, The bottom line is, you know, when Chris is doing what he does, which is you know pounding the ball from left center to right center, it relaxes everybody else, and I think that will be an story. Uh, as the season gets underway, and it's not going to be an easy season getting underway. They open up with the with the Twins, at the Yankees. They've got the Astros. They've got the Red Sox on the first month of the season. So this is some early tests, you know, as it stands right now. Anyway, some quality pitching that the A's and Chris specifically will be facing, and, and how they come out of that first month uh, may be an indication of, of how how hard they've got to play to play catch up, or you know, how special the team they may have. And, how talented they are, you know, as the season continues on.
2: Vince, you certainly have uh, two of the top corner men, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman in Major League Baseball, with those numbers combined really eye-popping from both those players. What a treat for the fans there in Oakland to see these guys every night.
7: Yep, man, they homegrown, Brownie, which is both first-round picks that panned out. Uh, interesting that as they were making their way through the minor leagues, it felt like Matt Olson was going to be the higher average hitter and uh, – he hasn't been that, but he certainly provided a lot of power. Their defense on the corners, you know, with all due respect, Alex Bregman and others are second to none. they They've won the Gold Glove back-to-back years. Marcus has been a Gold Glove finalist back-to-back years at shortstop, and even former Astro Robbie Grossman was a finalist last year. That speaks to how important that was for the A's as a club that was not a strikeout staff. They were a staff that put the ball in play, and the defense had to you know, carry – the load in order to uh, allow them to have the confidence to put the ball on the plate to know that the play was going to be made. Something that was an issue and not so long ago before those guys got to the big leagues. Matt Chapman is a, a special, special defender. I think he has, in many regards, I think he's changed the way other third basemen play the position because he plays so deep. I think even you'll, you'll notice Alex plays deeper now at third base. And some of that credit goes to the way that, that Matt does that. He's got tremendous. Speed, just the, intre- the incredible instincts of playing that position. And he's so comfortable doing it you know, so far behind the bag, but it works extremely well for him. And, you know, it's hard to find somebody that scoops the ball better at first base than Matt Olsman turning the three-six-three double play as a first baseman Astro fan. And I know that was Ricky Brownie when when uh, Baggy was doing that for so many years. I mean, this guy is in that category. He he, he does those kind of things. He he just has a, a knack of – there's. Baseball IQ that you can't teach. They had a key play where there was a, a bunt play that uh, by Seattle. They thought they had a base hit with the bases loaded, a runner third, and Matt instinctively came to the ball through home and got the runner at the plate. And that's just something you don't normally see. You certainly don't teach it. The guy just knows it. And thinking in advance of the play, both of those guys are, are really special. And, you know, the A's will go as their, uh, you know, as their gold glovers a goal for them.
2: Vince Catronio, thanks so much. Great job, Vince. All right, you guys. we will see you soon. All right. Look forward to that. We'll be back with one final segment to preview the AL West and the Los Angeles Angels TV broadcaster. Former pitcher Vic Rojas joins us. This is Astroline, presented by Carbach Brewing on the Astros Radio Network.
1: Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing. Crafted for serious fun.
0: The sun is shining, the palms are swaying, and Astros Spring Training is back in West Palm Beach this spring. Come experience baseball and the Palm Beach is all in one place. Visit astros.com slash spring to download your 2020 spring training schedule or call 561-500-HITS for ticket information or to place your season ticket, suite, or party deck deposits today. That's 561-500-4487.
5: The Astros Buddies Club, presented by BBVA, is the official kids' club of the Houston Astros and the coolest way to show off your Astros pride in school or on the playground. For only $30, get Astros Buddies items, including a backpack, socks, hat, and lanyard, as well as tickets to select home games at Minute Maid Park. (laughs) To learn more or to become a member, go to astros.com slash buddies.
2: Welcome back to AstroLine, presented by Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Broadcasting live all winter long from Pucker's Wing Bar, right here at 1400 Shepherd. Bill Brown with Todd Callis. Make plans now to see your Houston Astros in action. The 2020 spring training schedule gets underway February 22nd at the 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. Victor Rojas, the fine television broadcast voice of the Los Angeles Angels, works with Mark Gubaza. 11th season for Vic, and he pitched and uh, coached in professional baseball. And Vic, uh, you're coming to us from your home, Trophy Club, Texas. That is a great naming city.
8: It sure is. Did you guys just bring me on to Shameless by Garth Brooks? Was that my lead-in song? Well,
2: I'm sorry. I didn't notice that, but, but that was not our choice, Vic.
8: <laughs> yes. I like it. I like Garth Brooks.
2: <laughs> well, uh, the Angels may not be too shameless with the uh, work that they've done in the offseason. Uh, certainly Anthony Rendon, Jason Castro, a couple starting pitchers. What does it look like for you with the new manager, Joe Madden moving in?
8: It'll be, uh, it'll certainly be interesting just with Joe in general, our new coaching staff, Mickey Callaway, the new pitching coach, uh, new philosophy after one season uh, uh, or a couple of seasons as the New York Mets manager. So I, I think that'll be interesting uh, onto itself just because of what Joe brings to the table and what he's been able to accomplish both in Tampa and Chicago prior to coming back to uh his his original club the angels but from a from a player perspective and from a, a season perspective it's a difficult division i mean uh there's no question the astros sit atop the division the oakland a's are certainly uh much improved and they get a lot of their young arms back in their rotation as well the texas rangers have made uh some nice signings as well to uh to their rotation as well as making that trade for cory kluber and they're still in the mix, perhaps, for that uh, for Nicholas Castellanos. So the Angels will have their hands full. I still think that their biggest issue is starting pitching. That was the issue going into the offseason. I think it remains an issue going into the season unless uh, Billy Epler is able to make some sort of a trade. Otherwise, you're banking on uh, the guys that you got. Julio Teheran from the Atlanta Braves, Dylan Bundy from the Baltimore Orioles, to go with Andrew Heaney, uh, Patrick Sandoval, Griffin Canning, two youngsters, uh, that made their uh, debuts last year. And then, of course, the ultimate return of Shohei Otani. But as you guys know, uh, Tommy John surgeries and guys coming back from it, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get into the full swing of things. So, And they've already said they're going to limit him uh, early on as to kind of how, how they bring him back into the season and into the fold. Um, so I, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and mid-February when pitchers
3: and catchers report. Coming off the season last year, and I know it had to be as difficult a season as you've ever been involved with at the big league level, not just because of the 90 losses, first time in 20 years for that organization. In fact, the last time it happened, Steve Sparks, despite uh, his one for three with two RBIs with a two-RBI double, was one of the starters in the rotation the last time the Angels lost 90 games in a season. It was 1999. But tragedy Um, difficulty emotions uh, difficulty with the emotions throughout the, the last few months of the season I've got to think turning the page on 2019 and looking ahead 11 weeks from tonight not that we're counting uh, with the Astros opening up against the Angels here at Minute Maid Park, it's got to be one of those seasons that you you, you're, you experience a lot, but you're glad it's in the rearview mirror. PK,
8: I'll be perfectly honest with you. I think uh, I think everybody wanted to put the the season behind them on July the second. Uh, that's that's kind of how things played out. Tyler passed away on July the first while uh, we were getting ready for Game One of a series against the Texas Rangers, and I think from July second on. Uh, there's no question that uh, the guys uh, in the clubhouse and everyone around the organization was just ready to put the season behind them. And I, I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, people say, you know, did Brad Ausmus do a poor job or did the coaching staff or injuries? You know, I, I think at the end of the day, if Tyler Skaggs doesn't pass away, the, the season plays out differently. And I don't know if Brad Ausmus is, uh, is let go at the end of the year. You know, I know there's a, a love affair with Joe Madden uh, because of where he was. Heck, he was, my, he was my minor league field coordinator when I was in the minor leagues as a player. <laughs> so Joe's been in the, in the angel system for a long time. Uh, so I don't know how things would have played out uh, if Tyler hadn't passed away on July the 1st. But I, I think because it did, because of the season, uh, the way it ended up ultimately... I think the new faces uh, new energy, new message, uh, different personnel coming in I, I think it 's one way to kind of uh, continue to, to, to mourn the passing of Tyler, but also be able to to flip the the calendar to two thousand and twenty and focus at the job ahead.
2: when we look at uh, your lineup and, and certainly you know you mentioned Otani and it 's interesting we can talk a little bit later if we have time a little bit more about how he might be used as a pitcher, but uh, maybe his bat is not as important to things right now. When you look at the lineup, uh, how much playing time do you think he will get as a position player, presumably a DH in the first half of the season, Vic? I,
8: I think he'll continue to they'll continue to run him out there when he's able to go. Uh, you know, last year it was different because all he was focusing on was DHing and, and then doing the rehab on the side. I think there were days uh, that we noticed, especially as. You know, the progressions in, uh, intensify uh, on the on the Tommy John rehab schedule. You know, there were days in the second half that you could see he was probably a little bit worn down just because of everything that he's got to do to prepare both offensively and as a pitcher. Um, you know, but now you've got two seasons under your belt, um, and you're able to kind of figure out what the schedule is going to be like and, and what the expectations are like. Uh, you're right. From, a, from an offensive perspective, uh, you don't... I, I shouldn't say you don't need him, uh, but with Anthony, Anthony Rendon and Jason Castro added to the mix on the offensive side of things, you don't need to lean on him as heavily as perhaps maybe you needed to if you don't make those acquisitions. But uh, he's still a threat, and he's still a guy that protects Trout in the middle part of that order. Uh, that certainly played out differently. If you look at how... The season played out for Mike Trout. His numbers and the number of pitches he saw to hit uh, certainly went up. Once Shohei was able to come back from Tommy John in May and fill that back into that uh, of that fourth spot in that order.
2: Victor Rojas. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you very soon, my friend.
8: Yeah, guys, guys. Take care.
2: You too, Todd Callis. It's over. What? <laughs> Oh no! We're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, downtown Houston, and to our flagship station, Sports Talk 790 KBME. Our studio engineer, Bob Elliott, and Matt Bolts, of course, right here at Plucker's. He always gets a great round of applause for Matt Bolts. Tune in next. Uh, tune in next Thursday and join us for the next installment of AstroLine, presented by Carbach Brewing.
1: Astralide. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 AstroLine, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. AstroLine. On Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs.